0: Welcome to Stories Over Spreadsheets, this week we are speaking with Rahul Gupta who is the CEO and founder of Pune Children's Zone also called PCZ. PCZ has a vision to reach all children in Pune over the next 10 years to help them achieve successful life outcomes. They do this by ensuring a host of wraparound services apart from education for all children in their womb to work trajectory. Enjoy the conversation. Rahul, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the Pune children's zone, how you got started, what's the problem it's trying to solve?
1: Thanks, Siddharth, pleasure being here. Um, I've been in Pune for the last six years, uh, running a school and I've worked with children who come to us at the age of three and a half um, in junior KG. Currently, I serve children right from junior KG to grade 10, running a school with about 800 students. Um, One of my biggest learnings has been that when children are coming to us at three and a half, um, and in spite of everything that we are able to do with them, um, and just to be able to provide a really conducive learning environment, provide them all the services, provide them everything that amounts to a holistic learning experience for them, there just still seems to be a huge gap. It just seems like when children are coming to us, they're already coming with such a massive gap that it's incredibly hard to fill. Um, this was a problem that I was facing. Um, there were other things that were going on as well. Um, in the community that I serve, which is Kashewari, which is one of Pune's largest slums, Um the school that I run, Savitri by Full English Medium School, is some, is a place where everyone wants to get admission. Typically for about 65, 70 seats every year, we get about 400 applications. And it just seems like if you get admission, you are on the path to success. And if you don't, then it's just not. And I find that's unfair. Um, and I always wanted to be able to do something um, just to ensure that all children are getting a holistic learning experience and all children are getting the education that they deserve. Um, And I know like these two problems sound very different, but I think when I kind of took a step back um, and started talking to people about it and reading a lot about what does it take to help children, work with children and to be able to impart something that's of substance, um, I realized that efforts in this direction need to begin much, much earlier. Mm -hmm. I took about a year and a half and immersed myself in literature about what other different things and inputs that matter when it when it leads to successful outcomes for children um, as they graduate and as they go into adulthood Um, I also went to meet with people at the Harlem Children's Zone um, and also read a lot about other organizations that are working in this field and I think one of the key learnings that I had was that the zero to three and age group where we have no influence of at this point of time and is something that's unfortunately really underrated um in in the in the system that we are all in right now is actually the most important age group so typically what a child goes through in that age group will often determine what happens to the child much later in life i'll, I'll share a simple example here um, there's something called an adverse childhood experience so typically children who are coming from disadvantaged backgrounds um where poverty violence um, neglect. These are all examples and instances of uh, adverse childhood experiences. And research state says that there is a direct correlation between the number of adverse childhood experiences that a child goes through to the likelihood of success much later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are not opinions. These are research which is completely based um, on, on science, um, where it says that If a child is going through a lot of adverse childhood experiences it leads to something called an allostatic load which is more like a stress applying on a child's brain which doesn't uh, let the prefrontal cortex of the brain to develop which is in turn something that affects whether or not um, a child will develop executive functions in Mm -hmm. teenage years Mm -hmm. uh, which could then impact things like development of critical thinking or cognitive flexibility a child to be able to think on his own, all the skills that the 21st century actually requires. Essentially speaking, if this age group doesn't go right, and if a child doesn't get the right environment at this age, um, he's not headed for success. Now, to take this back, we look at 0 to 3 and how incredible an age group that is, and the primary caregiver is therefore the most important person to be able to do that at that age group. It doesn't take away the importance of the other age groups. So essentially speaking, if you take a step back, you realize like right from the time a child is born till the time the child actually attains a stable career, he or she requires support at every level. Mm -hmm. They require support at school. They need to be doing well. So it's their physical and emotional well-being. Their parents have to be in it. The schools have to be in it. So it basically means that a child has to be supported with wraparound services right from the time they're born till the time they're in a stable career. This is the ethos of the Pune Children's Zone. So we intend to support children right from the time they are born till the time they are in a stable career, and we hope to impact all children in Pune in the next ten years in the same journey. Yeah,
0: thank you for sharing that. And I think we haven't talked about this before, but I, what's your sense of why is there such little awareness or effort in the early childhood, zero to three, you know, zero to five years? Uh, stage for children like even our right to education in India starts at you know grade one which is when kids are typically six or seven years old so but what's I mean what was the reason of this lack of awareness or effort
1: I think the big assumption that plays is that parenting is not a skill it's something that will come naturally and everyone is well adapted and well suited to do it um, and I think the problem really. is in that assumption where actually speaking there, a parent needs to be trained to be a responsive and positive yeah. parent. Yeah. Um, in the communities that we are working in, um, people aren't planning to be parents. People are just becoming parents yeah. and they're often not aware of, and, and people are becoming parents at an age where they themselves require tremendous support. True. So if an adult is himself or herself not emotionally mature um, and ready to be able to take care and raise a child, then it's not going anywhere. Um, I'll, I'll actually use an example over here, something that I read in this book, Whatever It Takes, um, by Paul Toe, which actually narrates Jeffrey Canada's story um, at the Harlem Children's Zone. And, and he'd drawn this example of how information that was freely available in, say, Manhattan... And everyone knew it and was practicing it, doing it. it was so far, far away from a community which is only a few miles away in Harlem. Mm. And how something that everyone seemed to know and was practicing was just so far away from these other young parents. Uh, it's not rocket science. Yeah. The skill is to just be a positive and responsive parent, to be able to build a secure attachment with your child so that you can provide a conducive atmosphere which can then outweigh the damage that um, the adverse childhood experiences are causing. And this is something, again, proven by research, that if a child grows up in an environment where the primary caregiver is actually a caring person who's successful in building a secure attachment with the child, then there is a huge possibility that no matter how much and how many the adverse childhood experiences are, the child will still be able to develop, the brain will still develop, in the normal course. Um, And that's completely proven by research. Um, In fact, uh, there's this little experiment uh, by Michael Meaney um, at at a university in the US where he he performed this experiment on on rats. So there was this mother rat, um, two sets, with her pups and and another one. And and they noticed that how the mother who actually licked and cared for in her rat-like way for her pups, uh, the pups were a lot more enterprising, daring, and risk-taking as opposed to the other, where the mother was just totally neglecting the pups. And this is detailed research around that, Incredible. Um, and they were able to kind of apply a lot of those things on just just beings as a whole,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and see what the ramifications of that that little experiment were. And and I think these little little insights from different places kind of just uh, came came in together as a massive one piece, which said that. A child when he's born um, and the parents and the parents that he's born to, like there has to be work done with them so that the parents are actually able to support the child at home. Um, Again, not rocket science, very simple things, very simple responses. But are the parents even aware of what those things are? Um, are they being trained on what kind of behaviors they need to actually Mm -hmm. uh, exhibit and what are the changes they need to make in their parenting style if they're able to do that it could just lead to tremendous changes and impact on the overall personality and how the child develops
0: yeah thanks for sharing that and so tell tell me a little bit more about the Pune Children's zone Um, I know when you started you were thinking about this uh, this entire uh, early life trajectory of a kid right from what I think you were calling womb-to-work sort of a cycle. So what, what, what are you actually doing as Pune Children's Zone? What kind of programs uh, and activities with, with families
1: in the community? We started the program about a year back. Um, the intention is to support children right from the time they're born till the time they're in a stable career, which is the womb-to-work approach. Uh, currently, there are two programs that we're running. Uh, this being year one, we are working in the Pate area of Pune, um, supporting four major community areas, uh, which are Kashiwadi, Lohianagar, Ganeshpate, and Bhavani Pate. Um, in the zero to three age group, our flagship program is called Palakshala, which basically means a school for parents. It's an eight-week program where the focus is to build parents as responsive and positive parents. Um, apart from these eight weeks and these eight sessions. We intend to follow up and support these parents till the time their child reaches the age of five. So all these parents are ones whose children are still under the age of three, mm-hmm. or just born, or maybe sometimes even when when the lady is still just pregnant mm-hmm. and they're expecting to have a child soon. Um, but once they graduate from the Palakshala sessions, they will be a person who will be following with, following up with them every week, uh, going to their house, talking to them, understanding their struggles. Uh, observing what the practices are and subtly um, influencing change. Yeah. Uh, We're almost also... like a
0: social worker kind of an approach. That's right.
1: The thing. interesting thing over here is that all these people who will be following up are actually past participants of Balakshala. so they're people from the community. Amazing. Uh, we call this program Prena program, mm-hmm. um, and all these people who are going in are called Prena Didi. So our Prena Didi's are past participants, typically, who will go in support these families, work with them, and see. Um, what is the additional support uh, that these parents require to be able to support the child. Now, when these children are at the age of five, the big assumption we are making is all these kids will go to one of these 20 government schools in the area. Uh, So as I described to you the four communities, there are about 20 government schools, all Pune Municipal Corporation run, uh, that are typically catering to the needs of these children. As a part of a four to 12-year-old program, which is a school development program, we are actually working with all these 20 schools. Mm -hmm. We are focusing on three domains, which is wider community participation, Mm -hmm. child well-being, and uh, the school leader effectiveness. Uh, The the idea is, while we were constructing the program, we just wanted to ensure that keeping the child well-being in the center, how do we start working with the child's parents and then with the school and the environment that it provides, and then with the child, but still keeping the parents in the loop completely. So in the 4 to 12-year-old program, one of the major things we're doing is working, supporting all these parents who come into school through parent-teacher meetings, through the SMC interaction, SMC empowerment, and different things around that.
0: Got it. Got it. Um, And uh, with the families that you've worked with in your pilot programs and now in your first year, what are some of the some of the changes you're seeing for or impact that you're experiencing early on?
1: Hmm. So, Siddharth, the interesting thing over here is I think very recently I I came to understand the different levels of um, impact through a very interesting Kirkpat model Mm -hmm. of how impact evaluation could happen and it starts with how people's reaction changes when they go through a program and how they react to... A level above that is what are the learnings that they're getting from it? Um, A level above that is what is the behavior shift Mm -hmm. that's actually happening because of the program? And Mm -hmm. finally, at the end intended outcome, what really is the impact? And these are all different levels. right? right? It's very interesting when I did this program the first time about a year and a half back, we were solely relying on how are people feeling after being right. a part of a that session, first level. which I feel is still an important thing because yeah. if they don't feel good about something that they're doing, they probably are not invested in it to come back yeah. to participate in it. Um, I think right now we are very consciously moving into level three, which is what are the kind of behavior changes uh, that uh, are leading from this program. So the entire Predna didi follow-up is actually based on what are Didi saying seeing. Mm-hmm. And what are the parents saying about how they are responding to different things that a child is doing? Right. It's not about, oh, this is what we learned in the program. It's more about when this happens in your house yeah. or when your child does this, what do you do?
0: Actual behavior.
1: Actual behaviors. Yeah. I think the actual impact on the child, we are in the middle of creating um, a metric to understand when we are saying that the overall big outcome for the zero to three work has to be school readiness at the age of three, mm-hmm. we are in the process of defining what that would look like. Got it. And then we hope to map all our work in zero to three to just that. Yeah. Um, which I think is something that's uh, gotten backwards from knowing what is it that we are saying are successful life outcomes at the age of 22. Yeah. So that's that's the process that we are in right now.
0: Got it. Got it. And from these early at the level one or level three, What indications do you have that, you know, uh, that you're headed in the right direction?
1: Okay. Um, A couple of things over here. One, and and I'll just share a little bit of a background here firstly. I think the first time I started with Palakshala um, and and there were about 62 families that had signed up. They were all parents whose elder child was studying in my school um, and the younger sibling was just born. So they were more so in the program for the younger child who was just born um, it wasn't difficult to enroll people mm-hmm. it was very difficult to get them to attend
0: right
1: and I think the first time I did it hardly anyone came yeah. I think it took robust follow up to actually get them in a room Yeah. and I think one parameter for success very initial success was will they come back again
0: mm-hmm.
1: they would come back again if they see value in yeah, it that would be the they proof of the
0: pudding if the, yeah. they
1: all did and yeah. I think interestingly what happened is Out of those 62 families, first time I did it, 38 came in for session one Mm -hmm. and 36 graduated from the program. So, like during those six to eight weeks, there wasn't any. So, it was worth their
0: time to keep coming back week after week.
1: Three of those have actually now signed up as paid Nadidis. A lot of them have kept in touch. Um, Although we didn't have any formal process of actually even knowing what needs to have because at that point of time the program mm. did not rely on follow ups at all the changes we've made now is right from day 1 this year when we started the program we knew how we would follow up and what are the things that we would, do, we would be doing the teams worked very hard to develop some of those parameters we are actually seeing parents authentically be able to say talk about the challenges that they face talk about their struggles mm. When they're not able to apply what they want to be able to apply, right. like they know what they should be doing, but they're still not able to do that, and they want to be able to, and they want to know what do they need to do better to be able to apply what they want yeah. to.
0: So they become aware of things that need to happen, and they're able to articulate what is happening or not happening. So yeah. it's almost like yeah. they can ask for what they need. I
1: think everyone is at a level two mm. and they're very aware that it will take them a little more effort to be at a level three right. where the behavior changes also happen. Yeah. They're, they're aware, they're invested, it's happening a lot of the times. Is it happening all the time is something which they're constantly pushing for. Yeah. And the big assumption we are making over here is that if the behavior changes happen, it will lead to impact. Yeah. And also it's all research. Back. Yeah. Got
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Just to switch gears a little bit, I'm just keen to understand about your journey a little bit. So you started, I don't know, eight or nine years back, ten. as a, 10 years back as a teacher in Mumbai, and then as a very, very young school leader. You're probably the youngest school leader I've ever known. And I wonder, as you look, and you're still one, uh, you're still a school leader, and as you sort of, through your career as an educator, how has your orientation or mindset or approach to, What's at the heart of the problem and the barriers that keep kids from achieving their full potential? How has that
1: evolved? I'll answer that in two parts. Um, I think part one is just personally, um, how I feel I've grown as an educator over the years and how I think I've my, my perspective and understanding has evolved. Um, and the second is, just the understanding of the problem. So I think if I compare myself to like eight years back when I first became a school leader at the age of 22, um, I think I was relying heavily on some of this data that said if the school leader is effective, the school will be effective, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of it's, it's, it's probably a very wrong assumption to make when you look at that data to think that, okay, then you can just decide what needs to happen and yeah. just communicate that. And I think over the years, I've learned the power of actually building a shared vision Mm -hmm. uh, with people, something that's actually rooted in the people that you're serving. Um, I think that's paramount. It may not seem, it may seem important in theory, um, but when you're on the field, it may not just seem so important at first, because then you realize that it leads to delays and and there are some things that you could do much faster. And, oh, well, these people don't know Mm -hmm. what's best for them. So let me just decide because I know so much more. But none of those things will actually stay. Like the impact will just not be there if people aren't creating what needs to happen. And I wouldn't even use the word if people aren't buying and aren't invested in, because I do feel that shared vision is not about creating something and then investing people in it. It's about creating it with people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think that's, that's a major, major thing. And I think... Um, I with all my focus now try to create things with people and it, it sometimes become a lengthy process. but when it comes to the bigger ideas and the bigger direction and what we are trying to create mm-hmm. and what is it that we are trying to become, I think it's just so important to have the community's voice in it. Um, about my own understanding, I think a transformational learning environment or a transformational education, is not just in the school. It just requires so much more. takes a village. Uh, it's a village. It yeah. takes totally takes a village to yeah. raise a child. And it's, it's not about um, how in a school can we um, have instructional expertise available, academics, how do we have um, programs for holistic development, and how do we support the parents. I've realized it's a lot more than that. I mean no matter how much time a child is spending in school, it's not even about just increasing that. Mm-hmm. I think it's about how is how is there a synergy between everyone yeah. that a child actually um, engages with in a day um, to be able to come together and say, oh, we want to kind of, we are rooting for the success of this child and we'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. And, and I get it, like it's easier said than done. Uh, but I think it's just that. If if there are a bunch of people who are trying really hard to ensure that a child is successful, I think that bunch of people needs to be everyone. It just can't be only a few people who are trying to do that. And that just means that there has to be tremendous uh, effort um, to invest everyone, um, right, from the parents to the system to the neighbors, to the family, to the school, every single teacher, everyone. Secondly, I don't think that there is a solution for some children. And and Splendor. this is something I, I will. And, you know, like when, when I started the Pune Children's Zone, one of the things that I knew was like running a pretty successful school in the community, a school where children were often spending eight to nine hours a day in. And we realized that the unlearning that happened was massive, mm. right? So when they go back home, and and we realize the solution was not, oh, right now they're in school for seven to eight hours, why don't you make it 12? That's not the solution. The reality is that if I if I say the children in my school as my children, so I'd put it this way: I'd say my children would be successful if all children are successful. Mm. Otherwise, they just get pulled back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you really envisage how is it or what is it that's going to make um, success happen for all children in a school, it's going to be when they go back and there are all the children in the community who are all getting the same thing. Yeah. It's just not possible for you to isolate a bunch of kids and say they're going to get a transformational yeah. learning experience, but when they go back, they're interacting with children who aren't, um, and you, for you to expect different results from them, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I think learning is still unfortunately is considered and seen um, as something that happens in schools. Yeah. I think it just happens everywhere all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, and, and I may not be still able to articulate this well enough, but I do feel that unless we are able to create an atmosphere, an environment where all children are being supported, all children are feeling that they're working towards common goals, all children are... Tied with aspirations of doing something different when they grow up. Yeah. I think it's just massively difficult. Otherwise, we'll stick, we'll stay um, in the zone where we're only talking about a few children and their successful life outcomes. But if we actually want to imagine it for everyone, then I guess everyone needs to come together to ensure we are catering to the needs of all kids. Yeah, that's so powerful.
0: A couple of more questions. Um, you know, I've just had the privilege of seeing your own entrepreneurial journey evolve from from a pilot program, which was supplemental to your school to, you know, the initial, what it felt like that could become a real organization having massive impact to now, and about a year later, where you have a full blown staff, a real organization, uh, that's, uh, and with very ambitious plans. I was wondering if, you know, what were some of those big turning points in your entrepreneurial journey where you said, you know, this feels like something worth putting the next phase of my career um, to. And, uh, and I asked that also by way of what my what might you offer by way of advice or things which you think, you know, helped you take the leap.
1: Not sure what I can offer as advice over here, but I'll share a little bit about what kind of made me take that leap. Um, I think it's just not easy to be able to actually be an entrepreneur and just say, okay, I'm just going to go out and and make this happen. Um, And I can share about what like made me do that. I think it was just rooted in the purpose. Mm -hmm. I just knew that, well, here's the problem. I think this is the solution. It doesn't seem like anyone's doing it. This must happen. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I think I just rooted in that. I I was very lucky to be supported by a bunch of people who I've known um, as friends and colleagues um, in the work that we do. Um, and to be able to reach out to them and say, how is it that you could help and support me in this? Um, And they did. And I think it just one thing led to the other. So if there are two things that I think worked for me in this journey so far, one is, I think, my conviction in what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And second, me actually reaching out to people and saying, I need help and support in these ways. Yeah. I also, however, feel that it's just very, very important to be very clear on what you're trying to achieve um, and how what you're proposing will change things and and make it better. And I think once you are able to have that clear vision, um, it's, it's easier to come up with the with the more short term goals with people. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing I found unique in, in, just through the nature of my work, I see a bunch of different budding or uh, or uh, or early stage entrepreneurs.
1: <clears throat>
0: and I think with you, I felt like by the time you were think, even thinking about an organization, you already had a proof of concept. And you were talking so compellingly about the need for it. You had such clear rationale defined, you had a view of your, you know, you were able to explain the research behind what you were trying to do, point to other examples, which felt really unique. Um, and I wonder why was that, why is that different from typically, you know, early stage entrepreneurs, the ones that I usually meet, it feels like it takes a while just to refine the idea a little bit, right? With yours, it felt like like there's just no question. Yeah, this is important. Uh, it's obvious. It needs to get done. Mm-hmm. And, and what's your sense?
1: Yeah, I think, I think just being committed to working in one community for many, many years has certainly helped. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not about importing a certain vision from somewhere. It's also not about taking a problem that exists somewhere and saying, I want to solve it. I think this is a problem I faced. Um, So this is very much my problem. Um, I've been in the same school, in the same community, with the same children all these years. I've, however, had the opportunity to be able to Zoom out and actually go out and learn from multiple people globally on what uh, prospective solutions could be and what different perspectives are. And I think what we were able to do well enough, I feel, is actually understand the problem because we were in the middle of it and to be able to still say let's not get bogged down by what it is let's just understand what's out there
0: yeah
1: um and and to be able to create something of value from that to say well this is the problem that we are trying to solve these are multiple ways of approaching it this we feel is the best approach for our context Uh, let's get people on board um, and let's do this yeah um and i think having been in the same school in the same community also has built a lot of trust um over the years with a lot of partners and and just the people and i think that's been helpful as well
0: yeah yeah i think there's something there i think we have to be able to immerse ourselves in the context and really get to know it before we start designing solutions and there's a very different level of conviction and understanding that comes Than flying in from the outside, you know, and uh, and just trying to sort of without a truly without truly empathetic listening to what's going on here, what are the different dynamics in play? I think you end up if you end up designing solutions that they're likely not going to sustain themselves, right? Yeah. And how's how's your leadership getting pushed in this new journey? How how are you being forced to sort of evolve? In your own development uh, from being you know a school leader now doing both uh, both these very big roles and leading an organization
1: yeah it's it's been wonderful I think uh, it's been a it's a great team that I work with Um, and it's just interesting to see how all of them are very entrepreneurial in their own ways and and I think they're pushing the boundaries every single day with the work that they do Um, it's been very interesting I think this this slow transition from, although still being a school leader, but still also like to have these, wear these two hats, one as a school leader and one space where you're actually um, running a project or an organization and supporting other schools, parents, families, communities. I think the most important thing has been something that we we clearly agreed on as a whole team when we um, embarked on this journey is just how are we listening and how are we learning from people? Um, as we are on this journey. And and I think that's truly helped. What we've agreed to be is flexible. Mm-hmm. What we've agreed to do is change. Um, and what we've also agreed to do is, well, if the goals that we've set out for just don't seem right and people don't think those are the right goals, then the goals must change. Yeah. What doesn't ever change is what a vision is, which is like children must have successful yeah. life outcomes. And, that's the only non-negotiable yeah. um, in the work that we do. Um, how we get there, what is it that we want to achieve by the end of the year, all those things are things that are open to discussion. Yeah. But I think for me to be able to get to that stage um, has has taken a lot of deliberate intention. Mm-hmm. It's not something that comes naturally. Yeah. Um, and that's been interesting. I think that's been the big learning for me. Like, How do I actually take a step back um, and say, what the only thing that I need from you as a commitment is the end outcome mm-hmm. and then let's talk and see what is it that we yeah. can keep It's usually
0: to go from like a command and control yeah. kind yeah. of leadership to say actually we're co-creating everything yeah. here yeah. Yeah. amazing um, and my last question for you is uh, yeah what's next for Pune Children's Zone what should we look out for in the next you know next few months or year that you'd like to put out in the world
1: Yeah. Um, By the end of the year, we hope to have uh, worked with about 800 families through Balakshala. We're already working with 20 schools. We just intend to um, go into the depth of the work that's happening all over. Um, Next year, we intend to stay just in Pate and consolidate the work we are doing. We, however, intend to bring in a lot more programs, both in the 0 to 3, 4 to 12, as well as 13 to 17 age group. In year three, we intend to actually go into two more community areas in Pune, uh, just to be able to impact a lot more children. Um, Yeah, those are some certain things that we know for sure. I, however, do believe that what we are trying to do over here um, and over the next few months and a year or two, when that model kind of comes out as something uh, that actually is able to bring different people together to be able to support a child's needs, I feel there is tremendous scope for something like this to actually go to other cities as well. Amazing.